Welcome to Stripped Podcast. These conversations are unscripted, unplanned and unrehearsed. Your hosts are Fiona and Suzanne. Fiona had a kidney transplant in 2018 and is fighting every day for her life. Her current situation brings up questions about life and death and she wants us all to have more meaningful conversations every day together. Suzanne likes to stretch the boundaries in life. She works in behavioural change and is fascinated with experimenting with social norms, art and philosophy. Together, Fiona and Suzanne have many common fears, failures and fortunes and bring to you the most stripped versions of themselves to provoke deep thinking in the hope of better conversations and relationships for us all. It's time to get stripped. Hello and welcome to this episode. Hello Fiona. Hello Suzanne. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah? How are you? I'm all right. Very well in fact. I'm on a bit of a go slow so I'm feeling very, you know, I don't know. We've been talking about a lot about self-love, self-compassion lately and just love in general and we're talking about that as a topic that is a hard topic to talk about. Um, and would be one that would be interesting to delve into. Mm. And I think love for me particularly is uh, is a hard topic in the sense that it keeps me going. Love does to a certain degree, but it also breaks my heart on a daily basis as well. Can you tell me more about that? I believe that the support I get from the people that truly love me is amazing. And it's the unconditional love. It's the people that have been there regardless of what I've been through, particularly over the last three years, you know, my mood swings, my inability to love myself, um, my anger, my sadness, my depression, my anxiety. God, you, you reel them all off. I've done them all. And it's those people that have been able to stand by me and go, we love you regardless. And we believe in you regardless. We don't have the answers and we don't have the magical words to tell you or the magical pills to give you, but we believe you've got this and and we love you regardless. And there's not many people that can say that to me through this all. Um, A lot of people like to love me from a distance and tell me they love me, but it's all too hard once you get up close because it's pretty ugly. So I think love is something that, um, has changed and evolved for me definitely over the years. Love started off as a fairy tale as a child. I was the Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, progressed onto Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Love Actually. Great movie. Notting Hill. I was that girl. <laughs> I believed in all that. And now I think love is... Love is different to that. Love is about having someone back and and loving them regardless of them not being able to love themselves or them not even being able to love you fully. But you love them because you see them for who they are. And you never oh. give up on them. Ever. And I've been really lucky to have that in my life. <laughs> From, yeah... But yeah, I used to believe in fairy tales, as in happy ever after night on, you know, 
knight in shining armour and white horse. But it's not that. Love is someone that will help you out of bed and get you to the bathroom when you can't walk. Love is someone that will look at you when you know you look like death, when you haven't brushed your hair for five days or your teeth because <laughs> you can't. That's real love. <laughs> and they'll come in and go, I've got a new pair of new pyjamas for you. That's real love. It's uh, sticking by someone when they're at their lowest and their ugliest. That's real love. There's so many different types of love as well, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Between different people for different reasons. I've been thinking a lot about love too. Thinking about all the different types. Yeah. Actually, I'm getting my phone because there's a... Um, I sent this to you earlier. But there's this quote by Taylor Jenkins. I just realised how much older I've getting because I just put my phone really close to my face going, I can't see that. <laughs> and it says, people think that intimacy is about sex. But intimacy is about truth. When you realise you can tell someone your truth, when you can show yourself to them, when you stand in front of them bare, and their response is, you're safe with me. Yeah. That's intimacy. Absolutely. And I think, I don't know about you, but I crave that intimacy, that real sense of people seeing but I often wonder if we allow other people to see us. You know? Well, I, I, you know, mm. I know I have barriers up sometimes mm-hmm. from my, my experiences through life that put that barrier up. But, you know, like it's do we let other people really in? We might give of us. I think you and I give of ourselves. But do we actually let people love? Oh, I'm, I was absolutely crap at that. I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say I have had some beautiful relationships in my life and I don't just mean boyfriends and partners, I mean friendships and and family members and I used to keep them at arm's length because go back to the vulnerability and the shame, shame things we were talking about the other day is for a long time I didn't believe I was worthy of love and that stemmed from a few things that happened in my childhood. And I had a real fear of being abandoned. So I loved being loved and I loved being in love. Yet when it got perhaps too much, I would start pushing away. Because mm. for me, my go-to was I'm not worthy of this love. Mm. So I need to keep them at arm's length and I need to push them away before they abandon me and push me away. Mm. And I know I self-sabotage some very beautiful relationships that I've had in my in my life because of that and it has taken me until I've reached my 40s and a chronic illness for me to be able to go I do need you to love me and I will accept your love and I need to trust that you're going to stay by me and that as ugly as this gets and as ugly as I get you're going to be there and I can say there's less than a handful of people that have done that with me particularly over the last 11 months and for them they've saved my life absolutely saved my life but yeah we have to break down ourselves first 
and be believe that we're worthy of that love for us to receive it. And to show yourself at your complete rawness and your complete brokenness. Like when you were broke, I mean, I was so broken. Like there was nothing left in me. I looked up and people were still reaching out to me and saying, we believe in you. Right now, you do not believe in yourself and that's okay because we're going to do that for you. And that's love. I used to think it was Patrick Swayze. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. In tight jeans (laughs) and no T-shirt. Sorry, Chris, I know I'm laughing party loud. But I did. That's all I wanted. Oh, God. Gosh, you're funny. Oh, now I realise. Chris is dying, not he's trying to laugh. You can just laugh loud if you need to. It's so not, is it? <laughs> he was hot it's though, right? Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris it's is not like, yeah, Patrick yeah. Swayze. Even Matt, bro, bro, Mance, whatever they call it. Yeah, everyone can't, come on, <gasps> can't leave, put me in a corner. Everyone loved that. I know. But that's Someone what, walked up to you once said, Nobody puts wardrobe in a corner. And I was like, you know it. Yes. I don't know who that was. If it was you, come back and get me. (laughs) If you're listening, whoever said that to me, come back and get me. I can't remember who it is. But I know I've destroyed relationships because of my own inability to love myself. And, you know, I'm not proud of some of my behaviours. I'm not proud of some of the things I did. One of my counsellors described me as an SAS chick she's like oh you're like from the military when it comes to love I said what do you mean she goes well if it doesn't serve your purpose anymore or they've hurt you you'll just cut oh, that thing me, off that, that has been me to yeah a yep. yep I'll just As cut well. the arm off yep. cut the leg off yep. and I've done that and I've yep. gone never again will I speak to you or see you or like you a, I'm a done a long time ago I was like that as well yeah not anymore um, it, I, it takes me a long time to get to that point because I'm very compassionate for other people, but I still look after myself big time. But I still have the propensity to go into Ice Queen. Yes. It doesn't mean I cut them off, but I cut off. Yes. So it's a difference. It's, you cut yourself so off. So it's just, so yeah. I find, it's like I sometimes feel like I have a roller door in front of my heart. And it's it's like, you know, when they're stuck and they just go, zoop, zoop, they're going up and down, like the roller door is just stuck in one position, but it's kind of trying to go up and it's trying to go down. It's going up and going down. Sometimes now I could, ah, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I can feel it's going to go, no, it's going to go down. Uh, and I can feel myself battling because I want to love so fully and be loved so fully, yet there's this protection that comes up, the you know, the, the shielding and the barriering. And I think, you know, and, and then sometimes I just, if I can get my head out of it all, I think... Just love. Just fully love. It's be- all, all you've really got is just you and love yourself and be in love and know that it's it moves. It is inevitable to change. That's one thing I've experienced is that things change. And so promising forever, like in Notting Hill, or you know, promising oneness, exclusivity. Um, you know, I, I, as friends, you don't say to me, you can't love Natalia. You've got to love me. You know what I mean? You, you, you let you, you, yeah, but she's really cool. Yeah, but she's I know she's really awesome. <laughs> okay, everybody needs to love Natalia. Let's just face it. But 
you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. And so I think, that, and I'm talking about romance as well now, so it's about different types of love. And I know we're going to get into a whole sort of like, is monogamy dead and is there should be a new way of thinking about relationships, etc. And I, I don't mean to get into that conversation. I don't really technically want to get into it. But I mean, can whatever form you want to have love on friendships and parents and lovers, however that looks for you or me, Surely we can just go, can, is it okay just to love fully and then, until it's not like that anymore and then you just move on? Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I also wonder how hard it is for a lot of us to just fully love. And coming from your experience and obviously with the behaviour background that you have... Is that a problem that people speak openly about saying, yes, I'm in a marriage, yes, I love them, yes, I love my kids? But is it a process that some of us are going through? Is it just something that we do? Do we actually really, really know what it is to love? The biggest thing we could ever do is get insight to ourselves and then have compassion towards someone else and and find the words to have the conversation without judgment, expectation or outcome. That's actually the work. And that just doesn't come from a whim. That comes from practice and, you know, being able to have compassion for yourself and for each other and not not driving towards an outcome. You know that lady the other day when I, when I said to her, something changed between us and, and she said, nope. And I said, it feels different because we used to hug each other when we walked past each other and say hello and exclaim and... And now you just kind of walk past me very curtly. And she's like, yep. <laughs> and I said, I just want you to know the space is open between us. If you've got something to say, I really want to hear it because I'm perplexed. I don't know what the hell's going on. Oh. And she just went, mm-hmm. oh, and just walked off. And so all I can do, so I won't sit on that. Right. Because it, whatever's going on is going on for her. I can't think of a thing I've done until I've told. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to leave it with her because it's her reaction. So I found the compassion, I find the words, and then I let it go. And I think the work we've got to do as humans is being able to actually say stuff to ourselves and then each other and do it as gently and as kindly as possible. And that's all you've got. And then their reaction is their reaction and you kind of just take it from there. But we get into this argy-bargy nature of ego and protection and... Um, judgment and blame and victim mentality. And so when people approach each other to try and navigate and negotiate things that are very complex and deal with love or deal with hurt or self or we just attack each other rather than just appreciating each other's truths. And the truths might not match. And then you go, cool, then, then let's part or let's alter our connection and let it change. I still love my ex-husband. The love is definitely still there. It's just not that romantic marriage love anymore. And he feels the same way. And so I would still say I love you to him. Yes. And we okay. catch up and have lunch and, you know, and he'll go, you know, you know, you know I still love you. I'm like, I still love you too. And, but it feels like I'm talking to you. It's not romantic or it's nice. but we've got a beautiful history together, you know. Yeah. And if you can be reasonable and understand that love changes or things change. I mean, hello, I am talking as if I frigging know what I'm talking about here. I do to a certain degree and yet it still perplexes me. In in I've I've got you know, 
people that I love right now, male romantic loves. And I still sort of think, oh, you know, I, I still try to navigate this and, and be open, but know, you know, that I feel vulnerable and all those sorts of things. So I'm saying all of this, you know, I can navigate these sorts of things quite easily. And then there's some that just perplex me to no end as well because I'm human and I don't understand it all, you know. But all I can come back to, I think, is is try and access your truth and then speak your truth. Be kind and compassionate and then try and figure it out from there. <laughs> And then you die, isn't it? Isn't yeah, that what happens? Yeah, well. And Patrick's way, I might get to meet him in heaven. So I guess it also comes him. down to being able to truly love or trust in love is we have to love ourselves first. So this whole self-compassion just keeps coming back and coming back. And it's almost like in every podcast we do, self-compassion just keeps smacking well, us in the that's face. Because that's, well, that's because basically that's what I do for a life. Yeah. I'm not going to say a living because I do it for a life. It's all yeah. I think about is why, how humans exist, why we exist, and then what the point of being here is. So when we look at love and we go, what is love? Do you, particularly in your field of work, do you see that there's a clear definition or a clear moment when someone can say, yep, I'm in love? And I'll think back on this because I remember being 14 and being completely in love. Oh, God, I loved him. So infatuated with him. And I remember adults saying to me, oh, you don't know what love is. You got no idea you're 14. But I look back on it and I actually think, do you know what? I really loved him. And I was with him till I was 19. So it was a long relationship. Yeah. Especially as it's like quarter of your life basically. yeah exactly and I really loved him and we grew in many different ways I had many obviously first experiences with him and he'll always be in my mind and so I think it's unfortunate when we say to young people you don't know what love is because I think some of my greatest loves were in my teenage years and my 20s think about the passion a, and the love and loving the a dog infatuation yeah do you know what I mean loving a pet as a child loving your sister so, loving something so I know it's all different types of love but do we have like in a nutshell where we can say love is actually this love is when you Put that other person or that other thing before yourself. Love is when you can't imagine not breathing without this person. I mean, what what really is it? <laughs> I might have to Google it. Chris, get the Google out. <laughs> I don't know. Ah! Who knows? I think when you know you love, because there's so many different types of love. So I know when I'm in a romantic love, when I'm in a friendship love, when I'm in, you know, I feel in love with, I, I've fallen in love with the ocean before. I had, I was standing in Esperance by myself at Hellfire Bay. And as I was standing there, the turquoise was around the white sand. And you, do you know that feeling you get like when you're with a person who you just feel pure desire for like and I'm not just talking about sexual desire but desire for like I just I just I thought I love all of all of the parts of you actually for about I don't know a minute actually fell in love with the ocean and so I think I I, I know you're asking me about romantic love but I'm just going to keep bringing it back to I think falling in love is is about pure appreciation and awe and respect and compassion and giving of yourself 
and being open to receive. I think that comes in many forms. Oh, wow. I didn't Google that. That just came from my heart. Well, is that where love comes from? Yeah, well, yeah. And many places within us, I think, from our spirit and our soul. Soul, yes. So I I don't know the answer. But I think people love in all different forms, at all different ages, in all different ways, for all different reasons. And what's the tough stuff to talk about when it comes to love? So when you do your relationship work or you work with others, is there real taboo or tough areas that people find difficult to talk about when it comes to love? Or or are we pretty good with it now? I think love is love and people think love hurts. Love does not hurt. Love is beautiful. It's the barriers we put around. Actually, I've got another quote for you. It's the barriers that we put around that, and, and it's the other stuff that we get funny about with love that actually hurts. And so Rumi says, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Okay. So I think love in its purest sense is, is pure and it's beauty and it's unshackled and it is freely available all the time. It's just that when we're young, and this is a Michael Singer perspective when he did, um, he talked about the surrender experiment and um, the untethered soul. I fully suggest that you read, watch anything to do with Michael Singer. But he says, you know, bad things happen to us that we can't cognitively understand. And so because that happens to us at a young age and throughout our life, we basically hold on to things we don't understand. It's quite ironic, really. You get all these, you know, joyous things and you get excited. And you're like, yeah, I'm so excited. And you and you feel the whole thing of joy and, and excitement and love and wonder and you express it all quite fully. But when something painful happens, we're more likely to just go, oh, shit, I don't know what to do with it, so I'll just hold it. Yes. Like I'll just block it and I'll hold it. But we actually hold on to that. And so that stuff happens very early on and we didn't know how to handle that, but it stays within our neurology, within our nervous system and our autonomic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous system. And so we hold on to that in our cells and in our self. And he says, because we didn't know how to handle it, we don't let things go. And then it pops out. It's like holding, you know, those squeezy stress things that you can hold in and it like, it bulges out of, when you're squeezing it really hard, it bulges out of your hand. So somewhere along the way, it's going to pop out. And so really what all we've done, and I love his perspective, he was like, we were pure and unfiltered and then we just put a load of shit on top of it and got put stuff in the way. Oh, yeah. That because means. we didn't know how to handle it. And that's, yeah. that's understandable. But as you get older, you learn how to handle and you know how to handle it, yet we still store. And I love his perspective. And he says, your job as a human is to get rid of all the stuff you stored and then not put any more in. Oh, wow. Which is really tough to do. Yeah, it's like, and he's like... It is it's, so tough. It sounds simple, but he, mean, he talks a yeah, lot about how to do that. We have awful terms for this stuff, like, oh, you know, imagine dating in your 40s, all the baggage you're going to get. Oh, you're not going to be able to date anyone that doesn't have any baggage in their 40s. Which you kind of think about it, right? So when you're young, you're very open to love and, and you, you, you're quite open just to share who you are because you're quite raw and vulnerable. And then something might happen and someone might break your hearts 
or there's a breakage of trust that happens. And so then you remember that experience. So that becomes a part of who you are. So then the next time you go to love, you might not give so freely to love because guess what? I've had my heart broken and someone has hurt me. They've cheated on me or they've, you know, betrayed me with my trust. So now I'm not as easily to just share who I am. And those things come on years and years and years and you just keep piling them on and we call them baggage, don't we? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people have a divorce. Oh, yeah, how many divorces have you had? Oh, two. Yeah. Oh, great. Wow. She's got a lot of baggage with her. Yeah, I've got three kids and two divorces. Welcome to my world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, that shame file keeps building and building and building. So unless we're really, really good and unpacking that That's stuff. That's exactly the point. And sharing it. And <laughs> we're going to have people all say that to baggage. Me, you know, someone said to me, How do you feel about having a failed marriage? <gasps> see, the word, see, failed. And I said, exactly. And I said, Is it a failed marriage? Yes. Because I see it as a transitioned relationship that was fully beautiful. Well, that's the other question. Is anything forever? No, well, no, we I'm going to say no. No, I don't believe in forever either. How can either. it be when every cell and particle within the entire universe and ourselves is constantly moving and ever-changing? There's nothing that stays the same at the smallest level scientifically. We are constantly moving and changing, hence we change. Our, physical, you know, yeah. our hair is changing, our eyes are changing, our skin is changing, our belief systems are changing at the micro level all the time. So this is where it's about... Not so. This is the, the dichotomy in some ways: is being unattached but fully there. Yes, I'm, I'm constantly thinking and working on how do you not attach to something that you expect and want, and still be fully within something with someone, knowing that it it will change. And I think that's the whole point as well, though, isn't it? When people say. I found a really great partner, you know, I love them to bits and that's great. And 10 years later, it's not there anymore. What happened? Oh, we grew apart. So I, I know this is this is going to be a that little bit... That says a lot. Um, ..of a hard thing to end on, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Yeah. I didn't enter into a friendship. I knew that you were very sick when I re- re- reconnected after 20 years. Yeah. I didn't go, well, she's sick and she's probably not going to be here for very long so I'm not going to put my energy into her. Thankfully for you, that's how I felt. Thank you. Thankfully for me. But do you know what I mean? You could have have gone, oh, that's That's too hard. But someone asked me how I felt about you. You know, how do you feel? They were checking on me. How are you feeling about Fiona? Yeah. And it must be difficult. Like, it's so far from difficult, it's not funny. Because all I feel is excited and have a lot of love and a lot of fun and we do a lot of really meaningful things. So I'm not going to project my potential sadness for your, you know, demise of your upcoming health. Upcoming death. <laughs> You're basically your upcoming death yeah. now because mm-hmm. right now we're having a great time even though we're both bawling our eyes out. But yeah. but you know what I mean? Like we're alive and we're doing stuff together and I, so that is what I feel now. I'm not going to sit here projecting sadness and bringing the forward the sadness now because right now we're doing some awesome things. We're going on a holiday in a little while. Yes. It's just three days on a train, but, but do you know hey. what I mean? And so right now all I feel is appreciation and love and, and connection and action and activity. And so, so sometimes I'm like, can't we just feel now? I, I agree. 
I feel like I'm shouting. No, it's beautiful that you say that. And I love that because I have, as you know, I've lost friendships for people that haven't been able to stay on this journey with me because of, of, of lots of reasons. And I've also had old love really come back strong, really strong, because um, I've had, you know, a love in my life that has decided to stand by me no matter what. And on my darkest and greyest days, he looks at me and he'll give me a kiss on my forehead and say, love you. Love you, Fee. Yeah. And it's those things I realise that when I am facing death or when I'm going into surgery, because I always think this yeah, could be I it, know, yeah. this could be my last time, I think I literally think about how lucky I am for the loves that I've had. I really do. I've had some big loves in my life. And, yeah, they're not Patrick Swayze and they're not, you know, love actually Hugh Grant, but they are big loves because they saw me through and through and they never never let that deter them or let that go so yeah so um love is something we all need but we need to be open to it mm. so we and need we to need love ourselves we ourselves. need to look yeah. into ourselves yeah. to be able to accept love and then you can share it yeah i learned that the hard way i lost some great loves in my life but yeah. i won't do it now yeah embrace it Got a very crazy analogy to end on, but you can't share a banana chocolate muffin with someone if you don't have it in the first place. (laughs) 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 What's that? Good potassium, I'll eat that. Ah, There you go. Why? Where did that come from? If I had a muffin and I wanted to share it with you, it would be great to share it with you, but I don't freaking have one. Right. And so the point is, if I don't have something to share with you, how can I share it with you? So have it in yourself, then you can share it. Love yourself first. In case case it didn't translate very well. All right, we've got to wrap up. Okay, wrap. Uh, Fiona, guess what? Mm, (laughs) I love you, Suzanne. I love you too, Fiona. You gorgeous person. Thank you. Thank you. Love makes it all go round. Yay! Go find it. Go be it. Go have it. Embrace it. Okay. Hug it. Love it. (laughs) I thought we said fuck it then. No. It was good. Hug it. Hug it. Okay, goodbye. We're going now. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. Don't put me in the corner. (laughs)